morning. Good to see you all this morning. I'm Pastor David, one of the pastors here at Door Creek Church, the campus pastor of Northside Madison. Uh, great to, to be here to share in the Word of God and to begin a new series together, Finding the Greater Joy. And so this morning we're going to be diving into uh, Philippians, one of the epistles, the letters that um, the Apostle Paul wrote, and it's sort of called a letter of thanks. Um, it's kind of... Um, titled that. And we, we'll see as, as we go through Philippians for the next uh, six, eight weeks or so, you'll see how Paul is, is, stays on that thankful, um, expressing his appreciation and his thanks to the church at Philippi. And so it's an uh, um, honor to be able to, to dive into the first chapter here this morning. But I'm you know, thinking about um, what this means um, together, finding the greater joy so as we look into the word of God, we're going to, we're going to dig deep. Um, we're going to dig deep to find that joy because I know there are circumstances and situations and predicaments that we all find ourselves in. And sometimes you just have to really search and dig deep to find that joy, to find that, that reason to, to have hope, that reason to keep believing, that reason to keep loving and to keep moving and keep living. And so we're going to dig deep um, into what it means and how we find that greater joy and how we retain that greater joy and how God offers that greater joy that is our gift and for us to have every time. There's a song that we used to sing in the old, in the old black churches. It says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Right? Y'all don't know nothing about that, but, you know, it's a, that's, that's a nice song. You know, we get going on that song. But, uh, yeah, so the joy that God gives us, um, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And he gives us unspeakable joy that's full of glory. And he wants our joy to be full. So there's something, he's a joy of our salvation. So you think about all of those things about joy that God gives us. Joy is fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, you know, the second one that's mentioned. So joy is, is different than happiness, all right? Even though happiness is in the definition, it's a, it's a part of joy. But joy and happiness are different. Because happiness is based on things happening to you. You know, you get happy, you know, like many of you get happy when the Packers win. And uh, for me, I get happy when they lose. So, you know, happy, <laughs> happiness, <laughs> happiness is about something that happens to you. And a lot of times it's something externally that happens. Joy is different because it's not about things only happening to you. Joy is about an internal confidence, an internal knowing and, 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 and hope that you have in Christ, meaning that even, thing, even though things are chaotic and, and, and falling apart all around you, there's this quiet, there's this joy that continues to flow knowing that God is in control and it ain't over until God says it's over. That brings you joy, all right? And that's different than happiness because you can take away, somebody can do something that can take away my happiness, but you can't take away my joy because my joy is a gift from God. Amen. Amen? It's a gift from God, and we got to hold on to it. But sometimes you got to dig deep. You got to find that joy. You got to find that greater joy in life. Because listen, let me tell you, life's, life's challenges are not going to stop. I heard a pin drop. <laughs> life's challenges are not going to stop. They're going to keep going. But God's joy is everlasting. It's everlasting. 
and it won't stop. We have confidence in his joy. So Paul is expressing his joy in, in throughout the book of Philippians. And we're going we're gonna to open it up here with the, the first chapter. So if you can grab your, your Bibles, please, or your iPads, your iPhones, your iPods, or your eyeglasses, whatever one helps you. Or you can just um, watch here up on the screen. You might need your eyeglasses for that. So um, you can watch up here on the screen. So we're going to look into this, um, the Church of Philippi, which is co-authored. Um, you know, Paul gets most of the credit, you know, for, for writing these epistles. But it, this book is co-authored by Timothy. And um, Timothy, who was um, Paul's a partner in ministry, um, you know, sort of Paul was his mentor. And um, we're going to see as, as, as they greet um, the church at Philippi. Paul wrote this um, book, uh, this letter to the church in Philippi, when circumstances were not so well for him. Um, Paul was, um, some scholars say Paul was in a Roman prison, and, and other scholars say that Paul was on home arrest. He was in house arrest that, um, when he wrote this epistle. And house arrest simply meant that, um, you know, his, his movements and everything were limited but he was allowed to have visitors. He was still allowed to have people come and visit him. And Paul took the opportunity uh, when people came to visit him to continue to preach the gospel. So he didn't let his circumstances stop him from promoting and pushing the message of Jesus Christ forward. And that's, that's kind of what we have to get in our mind, finding the greater joy that no matter what my circumstances is, I got to find a way to continue to push the message of Jesus Christ. Because our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope, our eternal hope, our eternal joy, our eternal peace, our eternal strength, our eternal life is only in Jesus Christ. And even though as a, as a, as a believer in Jesus, it may look like we're losing, but just hold on. Just keep playing. Just stay in the game. Just keep fighting. Keep kicking. Keep praying. Keep praising. Keep singing. Keep petitioning. Whatever it is, you're going to come out on top because God never lost. He's undefeated. No losses and no ties. He's undefeated. He could come back. He can come back. He, it looks like, but he's in control. All right? All right, Pastor, enough of that. Let's get into the word. Philippians first chapter. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, starting at the first verse. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. I like this because he's let them know who we are. We're servants. We're servants. You know, many times people get caught up in their, their titles, their positions, and all that. And say, hmm, I'm, a, I'm Apostle Paul. But he's let them know we're servants. We're servants of Jesus Christ. We love him. We're going to serve him. And we want you to know that. So servants of Jesus Christ to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So his greeting is, 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 is simple. It's, um, you know, his salutation is that all the holy people of the church of Philippi, we greet you with all the overseers and the deacons. Grace be to you. He's letting them know that we're coming with peace. We're coming with grace. We're coming in a loving spirit. We're coming in a humble spirit. We are greeting you like this. Then he goes on. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. With what? Joy. joy. All right. So that doesn't mean that when he's praying, he's always 
smiling and all giddy and <laughs> I'm praying for the Philippians. No, he's praying with joy. He's praying with a confidence. He's praying with an inner strength. He's praying with an inner peace, an inner knowing. He says, I pray with you with joy because of your partnership working together in the gospel from the first day until now. All right. I'm praying for you with joy for the confidence and for and for the uh, partnership that you have in promoting and pushing the gospel. And this is what he wanted them to get in this in this uh, beginning of the letter. Being confident. okay, joy. What was it? The inner what? Confidence. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work and who is the he? God, okay, even though they didn't capitalize it, he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is so encouraging because many times when we start things and we run into trouble and we think God has abandoned us or God has forgotten about us or God has changed his mind or God is giving up on it, we get discouraged. But Paul is saying, be confident, because if God starts something in you, he is faithful to complete it. God doesn't get in the middle of something and say, oh, this is no good. I don't want to do it anymore. If he starts it because he sees the beginning and he sees the end, he brings it to completion. It may not be in our time schedule. It may not be on our calendar, but God knows when the time is right. So church in Philippi, be confident, be encouraged, have joy that God who began a good work in you will complete it. You might struggle, you might be knocked down, you might lose a few battles, but you will win the fight because God is with you. He's faithful to complete. So this is what gave, this is what gives Paul and the Philippi in us that joy is that because we know God is going to do what God said he's going to do. And that's why we don't, we, we, we don't have to always live under the pressure of stress and, and wondering if God is going to accomplish or complete what he's going to do. The, big, the issue is not God. The issue is us. The issue is us. You know, my wife can be um, um, she can question sometimes the, the things that I might do around the house that I might get started in doing. And, um, it, you know, and I'm the kind of person, and it ain't looking right. It ain't feeling right. I don't feel too good about it. I may stop in the middle of it and, and go to another project, say, you know, I want to forget this. We'll, we'll do something else. You know, but when she sees me sweating and, 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 and rolling up my sleeves and down on my knees and, you know, and trying to figure out reading the instructions and doing all that kind of stuff, she can be confident that my husband, he started, he's going to finish it. It's not always like that. <laughs> but she has that confidence. And we should have the same that when God starts it, he never abandons it. He never puts it on the shelf and say, wait for later. No, there's a process in what God does. Amen? It's a process in what God does. So if it seems like it's, it's dormant, it's not dormant. It's just building up on something else. God is just allowing it to do something else. It's just that you don't see it and understand it, and that's good because you'd mess it up. 
but God knows what the process is. But we have to have the confidence and the assurance that God started it, God's going to finish it. Glory to God. He started it, he's going to do it. And when he does it, he does it well. He does it well. He doesn't rest until it's complete. When he created the world, six days, seven days he rested because it was complete. He said, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. Okay? What God is doing in you is good. Can I, can I encourage you with that? What God is doing in you is good. And you should have confidence that he's going to complete it. <laughs> All right. Until the day of Christ Jesus. Then Paul goes on. He says, it is right. I love this. I love this. He's, he's defending how he's feeling. He said, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. I'm, I'm not special. I'm no one special. I, you know, I share. We all share in God's grace together. Together, we find the greater grace or the greater joy, the greater peace. Together, we find it. So Paul said, it's okay. It's, it's right. This is the right thing for me to feel this way. It's all right. It's good for me to feel this way about you. I love you, and I have you in my heart, and I'm praying for you. And reason why I am, because I want to show you how I appreciate you Supporting the Philippian church support. I might have forgot to mention this part. The Philippian church supported Paul in his missionary work, in his ministry. They provided financial support. They supported him. And that's why Paul, he, he, he's writing to them, letting them know, I haven't forgotten you. I haven't been to see you in a while. But I want you to know, every time I think about you, I'm praying for you. And I have, there's a joy about you when I think about you. You're always in my heart. And I know you go through some hard times, but I want you to be confident that if God started it in you, he's going to finish it. And he said, and it's okay for me to feel this way because you are sharing in God's grace with me. We are in this together. We are rejoicing together. Rejoicing is really the, the verb for joy. Joy is the noun. Rejoicing is the verb. Okay? We rejoice. And rejoicing again has, it, it, it's not just about happiness. It's the confidence. It's the knowing. It's the assurance. Amen? Amen. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice. And be glad in it. Amen? So we have this. God gives us this gift. Okay? Let's, let's, let's um, move on, Pastor, to what else Paul is talking about here. He says, whether I'm in chains or defending, confirming. I like that because Paul many times was in chains, right? He was arrested several times, put in jail. Remember, Paul and Silas were locked in jail, they were put in the inner prison, the dark prison, right, where the bad people go, okay? And all they were doing was preaching the gospel. So Paul said, it doesn't matter whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel. He says, sometimes I'm, going, sometimes I'm not going to be physically free as I want to be, 
They might take away my physicality to do what I want to do, but they can't take away my gift or they can't take away my heart. They can't take away my joy and preaching and promoting and pushing the gospel forward. They can't stop that because even when he was on house arrest, as I said, people came to see him and he preached. He could have, you know what he could have done, y'all? Paul could have had all the people come visit him and he could have just sat there and complained. Could have said, you know, this is this is this is the pits. You know, I hate this. You know, I'm out here trying to do the Lord's work and preach the gospel, and and He's having me arrested and you know put in jail and and all that. And I, I don't I don't know if it's worth it. It don't seem fair. I'm the Apostle Paul. D- do they know who I am? I'm a Roman citizen. I, I'm I'm Paul. But he didn't do that. His mind wasn't on his circumstances. His mind was on his mission. Hmm. I wish I was more like that. But I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you, when my circumstances are hard, my mind goes whoop, right to the circumstances. Right to the predicaments, the situation. Pray for me so that I can, I can like whoop, flip it and say, no. I know my situation's like this, but I got work to do. Now, I'm not saying be overly hyper, you know, you know, Christian, woo, you know, uh, life, forget about life, and I got to do this, I got to do the Lord's work. No, because we know ministry is really life. You really don't separate life and ministry. ministry life is ministry, okay? Ministry means service, okay? Minister means servant. doesn't mean preacher. It means servant, and we are all ministers. Paul said at the beginning here, he said, Paul and Timothy, servants, meaning ministers of Christ Jesus, meaning we're not in this to serve ourselves. We're in this to serve others. Christ said it himself. He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to minister. Hey? And so you got to find that greater joy in doing that and serving. We'll talk about that later in a minute. All right? So. The gospel, pushing it forward by the grace of God. And he said, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. That's saying a lot, with the affection of Jesus Christ. To have the affection of Jesus Christ is a gift. Because Jesus can look beyond any of our faults and see our needs. Can he? I'm so glad that he looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. He didn't look over my faults, okay? mean ignore them then there he looked beyond them. I mean he saw them, but he saw past it not over it he didn't sweep it under the rug he saw beyond them. meaning I know you messed up but it's going to be all right okay I know you got a, a messed up situation going on but I'm still in the midst there's still hope all right okay verse 9 this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. <laughs> okay. This is Paul's prayer. Paul is always praying, isn't he? That's good. He says pray without ceasing, right? He's always praying. He said, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about love first, okay? Okay. Um, you know, Paul's not 
um, talking about I'm in love with you, but he's talking about love in, in an agape love, a love that's, that's unconditional, a love that's of Christ Jesus, a love that, um, that, that, that helps him to uh, look beyond his circumstances and continue to minister and serve the people. Um, he's appreciative and thankful, but he has the love of Christ, the love of Jesus Christ. And then he talks about, I want your love to abound more and more, but I want it to abound in knowledge and depth of insight. Now, let's talk about knowledge. Knowledge is about knowing, okay? It's about having the know, you know? You can read books and go to school, get a degree, and have that knowledge. You know, you got all that information that's in your head. You're smart. You know, Okay? I don't even say you're smart. I just say you know, okay? You got all that knowledge. But depth and insight is really about wisdom. Say amen. amen. <laughs> you still awake? All right. <laughs> knowledge is about knowing. Depth and insight is about wisdom. What is wisdom? What is the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Okay, wisdom is knowing how to use the knowledge, okay? You can be smart as Professor Alligator, but if you don't have wisdom to use it, what good are you? If you, have, you are so smart, but you don't know when to open your mouth or when to close your mouth to talk about the knowledge, what good are you? Wisdom tells you when to speak, where to speak, how to speak, what to speak, and why you speak in it. That's wisdom. That's depth and insight. How do I use the knowledge of the word of God that I have? How do I use the knowledge of, 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 of service that I have or ministry? Because wisdom will teach you. It's the principle. Wisdom will guide you. Wisdom will tell you when to sit up or to stand up or to sit down or to stand up. Wisdom. And so Paul says, I want you to have this. I want it to abound more and more, meaning I want you to grow. I know we're not there yet. I know we haven't reached our pinnacle yet. I know we're not there. We have, we, 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 we have um, and hit our ceiling. He says, I want you to abound in this more and more. I want you to grow every day in your knowledge and in your wisdom because that will keep you. That will teach you. That will help you be confident in God and knowing that God is in control. That will keep you confident and knowing that God will not, will not abandon you, but he will complete what he's going to do. That wisdom will help you stick in there, hang in there, keep praying, keep loving, keep serving, keep doing, keep loving. That wisdom, depth, insight. How deep can I go? How deep can I grow in God? Wisdom. It's like Paul, like, like he says, having the knowledge, but denying the power. The power comes in the wisdom. The wisdom. Jesus was the word, wasn't he? Okay? So he had all the knowledge of who he was because he was the word, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was the beginning, he was the word. But he was also wisdom. He knew when to speak it. He knew how to speak it. He knew where to speak it. 
He knew why he was speaking. He knew what he was speaking. It's the wisdom. So pray that you have the depth and the insight. Hallelujah. To use the knowledge that you have. Yeah, you got a degree. That's good. You got a Ph.D. That's good. I got a G.O.D. You got a Ph.D. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, you got your degree of psychology. I got a degree of faith. All right. That's good. Fine. But your degree does you no good if you don't know how to use it. Right? Go to medical school. Get your medicine degree. Okay? You know how to operate in surgery because you read about it, but your wisdom is going to show you how to do it or when to do it, where to do it. It's going to give you the insight and the depth. All right. You got enough of that? (laughs) I do. Okay. All right. So, depth and insight. So that you may be able to discern what is best It may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, filled with the fruit of righteousness. Right there, the right fruit of righteousness, the word righteousness lets us know that it's not about you. It's not about your worth. Okay, because are we righteous in ourselves? Are we righteous in ourselves? No. What is our what Isaiah said? Our righteousness is what? That side is answered. I'm looking at you. Thank you. What did Isaiah say our righteousness as? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Filthy right. So we're not righteous. You know, y'all know how I am. I'm not getting on anybody. I'm just having fun with you. Our righteousness as filthy rags. Okay, so we're not righteous in ourselves. We're only righteous through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. We are in right standing with God only through Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we are no good in ourselves. All right? So he wants us to have the fruit of the righteous. Filled with the fruit of the righteousness. What are some of the fruit of the righteousness? Well, hope is, is a fruit of righteousness, right? Um, faith is, is, is a fruit of righteousness. Um, humility? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 patience? Okay? Fruit of righteousness. These are things that he wants us to be filled. He wanted the church in Philippi to be filled with fruit of righteousness fruit is the result of whatever the root whatever the root is an apple tree gives fruit of apples and if we are rooted in christ we should bring forth the fruit of righteousness amen the fruit of the spirit love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance or self-control those are the things that we should have fruit of righteousness so we can be filled with it that only comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, this letter doesn't stop here. Of course, you're not, the chapter doesn't even stop here. Um, it goes on. But Paul wanted to open this up with the greeting, and he wanted to lay the foundation to the church at Philippi. He says, I'm coming in humility, me and my, my brother Timothy, and we're coming with the, the authority and the power of the deacons and the overseers, and we want you to be confident that you might, it might look like you're losing, but you're not losing. You're still in the game. You still got to play the game. You still got to hang in there. Your marriage might look like it's losing, but just hang in there because God stands behind marriage. Your business might be looking like it's going out the door. If God gave that to you, hang in there because God will see you through. So you got to hang in there. Hang in there. You got to fight through it. 
Okay? Find the greater joy. Not happiness. Okay? It will come. But find the greater joy, which is the confidence that God is in control. You want to do that? All right. So the greater joy, joy in praying for others. Find joy in praying for others. Find joy in partnering with others. It's important. Paul shows it here that partnership is, 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 um, is important. It's needed. Okay, find joy in partnering with others. Find joy in your small groups, in your life groups. Find joy in that. Find joy in loving others. Find joy in serving others. Like when we do the meal packing for Haiti, find joy in that. You know, it's, look, I went last year, and it's not... People running around dancing and, you know, filling beans and rice and bags and things like that. It's joy knowing that we're sharing in this together, that God is going to do something. That we're feeding, you know, 90,000 meals that we're preparing. There's joy in that, isn't it? Joy. All right. So find joy in serving others and find joy, as our mission says, find joy in joining God and making devoted followers of Christ. Find joy in, in lifting and building someone else up. Find joy in encouraging someone. Find joy in going to the hospital and visiting someone. Find joy in sending a thank you card or a hello card or I love you or I appreciate you card. Find joy in that. Right? Find joy. And, and, and some of us need to find joy in just sitting down and being quiet. <laughs> Am I right? Because there's some that all the time. Find joy in, right? Find joy. So if, that's, if you're that person that you're in everything, you, you want to be the lead of everything, you want to talk, you want to be like a Peter, you know, you got to you know, find joy in just laying back, saying, God, what you saying? Right? Hush. Hush. Somebody's calling my name. You know, hush. Okay? Find joy. Find joy in being a leader. Find joy in being a supporter. Find joy in leading a life group. Find joy in being a part of the life group. Okay? Greater joy. Amen? So, Paul's letter, um, and you can go online and, and see this, that as a part of what we're committed to here at Door Creek Church, uh, and his letter just really emphasizes this. A life of worship, worshiping God in all of life. The Bible's authority, centering our lives on God's truth. The richness of community, growing together in Christ, a joyful witness, sharing and living the good news, compassionate service, humbly extending Christ's compassion to those in need, intentional training, preparing and releasing God's people for ministry, persistent prayer, devoting ourselves to pray continually and contagious generosity, excelling in the grace of giving. So you will see throughout Philippians that Paul emphasizes what we do here at Door Creek. So we are on the right track. Isn't that good? Let's give God a praise for that. We are on the right track. Amen. Amen. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your, your personal Savior and you want to give your, your life, your heart to the Lord and you want to experience this confidence and this joy in, in loving and serving God, I want to pray with you this morning. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. You want to pray this prayer? You can pray it out loud or you can pray it 
within your heart. And I just want you to repeat these words after me. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen.